Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss how the FBI walks on web shells. Next up, U.S. limits bare necessities. United States government is formally accusing the Russian government of the SolarWinds supply chain attack. And finally, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 82, recorded on April 19th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey and Analog LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, the Fabio of CTI Anderson. And last but not least, Tim, not feeling so cozy now, are you, Alme? Welcome, you two. Thanks. Thank you. We're glad you could join us through the miracle of analog. Yes. Well, I suppose it's a bit of um, a reframing of the scenario. My interwebs have disconnected in a fairly permanent fashion for the foreseeable future. So um, thank you all for bearing with us this week because I am, we have sort of a MacGyvered, if you will, a technological replacement for our typical remote podcasting unit. <laughs> Actually, you know what this is? We're, we're Charlie's angels. Uh, Chad and I are the angels and you're our, uh, uh, our Charlie coming through the speakerphone. <laughs> so we're ready I'll to do to your bidding. You. All right. Well, are you two ready to discuss our two articles this week? Let's do it. Yeah, I would, though, however, like to reform that if we are uh, Charlie's Angels, I am the uh, Farrah Fawcett of CTI, then not the Fabio of CTI. That's reasonable. Yeah, Chad no. and I look great in silhouette holding <laughs> handguns, by the way. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? True, true. Well, I just assumed that you two had pictures like that taken a long time ago, so I'm glad we can finally use them for promotional purposes. Mm-hmm. Our time has come. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So our first article this week is the FBI walks on web shells. So a court approved FBI operation was conducted to remove web shells from compromised U.S. based Microsoft Exchange servers without first notifying the server's owners. So, Chad, I think it's maybe best to start with a bit of background. How how did we end up here? So basically, there was a series of large Microsoft Exchange vulnerabilities um, that, when combined, could lead to remote code execution. And that was being actively exploited by groups that were um, then dropping the China Chopper web shell, uh, which a web shell is a way that allows attackers to have remote access for later. So Microsoft Exchange, if you remember, is uh, Microsoft's big email server that they provide. Uh, so this is a huge issue. It, uh, you know, Email servers have to be connected to the internet for how they function. Um, and a remote code execution uh, bug allows attackers to, uh, with some clever smarts, um, take over the entire machine, basically. So the shell they dropped was for access later. So they were mass exploiting these Exchange servers all around the web. Um, and on top of that, other attackers began using the exploited machines as well once it was known that the China Chopper web shell was on those machines. And it's important to note, too, that the China Chopper web shell, uh, while it does have China in the name, does not necessarily mean that um, it can be attributed to China. Uh, it's certainly been used in the past, but it's also a very uh, easily available web shell that's on the web. So Microsoft did come out a little bit later and attribute this to um, Chinese groups. Uh, but, you know, just seeing China Chopper as a web shell being used in something is not always an indicator that it was China involved. 
So then out of curiosity, what's been happening in the background here, both from Microsoft and the government's perspective? Yeah, so um, working together, you know, the Justice Department got authorization to go in and remove the web shells uh, on machines where the owners had been unable to remove them or simply didn't um, through, you know, just being terrible admins. Uh, so this was an awesome bit of coordination. Uh, we've seen things like this in the past from rogue hackers who went and, say, patched um, tons of IoT routers uh, illegally um, just to kind of combat IoT botnets. Uh, but this is one of only a few instances that I can think of where it's beneficial government business to do the removal on machines which are not their own. And out of curiosity, too, because I do feel like this is a pretty big statement for the government to go in there and do exactly what you're talking about. Have there been instances already of threat actors taking advantage of these Microsoft Exchange vulnerabilities? Oh, yeah, and absolutely. You know, uh, so it started happening with this initial mass exploitation. Um, and then there were other groups that were exploiting the web shells that had been dropped um, to take over the machines. And, you know, there are groups that were using it for ransomware. It's already included in some uh, exploit packages kits. Uh, so there's, you know, it's kind of um, already been very popular, um, we'll say. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Um, <laughs> and now that we're sort of up to speed on present moment, what did the DOJ press release, which came out last week, include? Yeah, so it was a notice that the uh, with the FBI's help, they were going to be cleaning these Microsoft Exchange servers or these web shells. Uh, there was a lot of language about the... Uh, dedication to fighting cybercrime and, um, you know, fighting, uh, you know, these sorts of problems on the web. Um, and that was kind of what it came down to is, is a lot of, uh, I guess you could probably say posturing or, um, you know, departmental pat on the back, um, just saying that, yeah, we really care and that's why we're doing this. Um, and uh, they also had a nice little jab in there at people who had not yet patched and left up the hundreds, if not thousands of web shells for attackers to use. Um, so, yeah, it was really just saying, you know, hey, we're going to come and remove these things. And speaking of remove or clean up, how exactly did they go about that? Oh, yeah. So um, they went ahead and got onto the boxes and, and copied uh, and removed the web shells. Pretty simple stuff all around. They didn't rogue patch the servers, uh, which is interesting. So they're still sitting there vulnerable to the exchange vulnerability, um, which is you know, that's a potential problem um, still in and of itself. I'm sure once the um, press release dropped, you know, all of those attackers were like, oh, they're cleaned up. Well, I guess I better go and run my tool again. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like they were just copying or removing the web shells for evidence, right? Yeah. And I'm just curious to sort of finish off this, this article discussion. How has this, first of all, been received by the info security community? And is this considered a successful approach by the government? Uh, heavy question mark. Yes. Um, you know, for me, from my perspective, I think if there's any group of people that, um, you know, I would like going out and rogue patching, um, or cleaning up things, it would be something with an audit trail, um, from the government, uh, that would be ideal versus, you know, random people logging into cable modems and, um, patching them, uh, you know, that's a little less, ideal. At the end of the day, I'm kind of the person who feels that, 
you know, it's making a safer, secure internet for everyone, um, which uh, is fine. There are folks, though, that are pretty critical that um, the FBI would just go ahead and log into their machines and, um, you know, remove these web shells. It The deal here is, though, uh, you know, they didn't rogue patch anything. So they were really just removing the malicious um, code itself. Uh, the machines are still sitting there vulnerable. So it's a little bit of a, like, non-win i guess or a little neutral um uh, i guess copying the web shells and getting all that evidence along with their configuration is going to be great for doing some attribution um on the fbi side uh, or the justice department side but uh yeah that's uh, that's kind of the response from people there is it's kind of like uh, yeah it's, it's probably good but um you know uh without the patch what's it do for us so getting to the crux of what you're saying chad about sort of the split take on this uh, I want to get to the hoodie goodie ratings and Tim, I'd love to pick your brain first on how you'd rate this one. Yeah, I think this is a tricky one. I think it, it's on the goodie side, uh, not the hoodie side. Um, although it's actually kind of a blend because for the reason that Chad mentioned that because these servers are not patched, we can probably just about take it to the bank that some of them are just going to be re-compromised. So I'm going to give you both. I'm going to say this is like seven goodies and five hoodies. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to average these out. We'll have to figure out how to properly denote these scores. But I, I'm curious, Chad, how how would you approach this rating system on this, this stinker? <laughs> Yeah, I would, you know, um, uh, you know, probably five goodies, five hoodies. They cancel each other out, um, just for a total of zero hoodies. Um, I think is the official, uh, way that you score that. That's zero hoodies. Hoodies. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the prepended first letter, um, that's removed when they cancel each other out. It's, it's the way the math works. I, I have an English degree. That's, I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. <laughs> that math adds up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, I uh, the the thing that worries me a little bit about this is, you know, it feels like it's establishing a precedent that could go the wrong way at some point. Um, if you had uh, an FBI that had unscrupulous management um, at some point down the road and they had a precedent of reaching into people's servers and changing stuff. I don't know if that would be that. That seems like a recipe for a problem. I think by and large, I don't I'm not worried about overall about the FBI's leadership. And I don't foresee a scenario where that would necessarily be bad. But I think it's a bit of a risky precedent. And my guess would be that the reason they didn't patch the servers is they must have had lawyers all over this, right, as they were thinking about doing this operation. And and my guess is there must be something legally that says, mm, we're going to say it's okay to go this far, but we're not going to say it's okay to go that far. Yeah, that makes sense. Just draw a line in the sand. Um, oh, well, let's, let's sneak into our second article here, which is that the U.S. limits bare necessities. So we're just all about the U.S. government today. So the, the United States government is formula, formally accusing the Russian government, the solar wind supply chain attack, that gave hackers access to the network's 
of multiple U.S. agencies and private tech sector companies. So, Tim, for starters, can you just run through what was included in this executive order? I think that'll be helpful to highlight. Yes, and I feel like I should probably, I wish I could do this in the voice of the world's fastest talker, the guy that did the FedEx ads back in the 80s. Boy, we are just living in the 80s today, but I can't go that fast. Anyway, so yeah, and I'm going to do some direct quoting here and there since parts of it speak for itself. So the uh, executive order begins by citing Russian, quote, Efforts to undermine the conduct of free and fair democratic elections and democratic institutions in the United States and its allies and partners engage in and facilitate malicious cyber activities against the United States and its allies and partners, foster and use transnational corruption to influence foreign governments, pursue extraterritorial activities targeting dissidents or journalists, undermine security in countries and regions important to the United States national security and violate well-established principles of international law, including respect for the territorial integrity of states, unquote. And it then goes on to impose a series of sanctions, including ceasing any involvement with various financial funds administered by Russia's central bank, National Wealth Fund and Ministry of Finance, and also expands authority to expand its sovereign debt sanctions. It also designated six specific corporations. It claims provide support to Russian intelligence. It sanctioned 32 more individuals and entities that it tied to political operations designed to disrupt the presidential election and spread disinformation and such. Throw onto the pile eight more individuals and entities tied to Russian actions in the Crimea. Ten diplomatic personnel were booted out, as seems to happen every so often. It formally called out the SVR as the agency behind the SolarWinds breach, and the executive order mentioned a joint security advisory from the NSA, CISA, and the FBI about SVR targeting of the U.S. and its allies, uh, talking about which vulnerabilities the SVR is exploiting to access uh, victim networks and some mitigation steps that are recommended. And finally... <gasps> The executive order announced a new course for policymakers worldwide on the policy and technical aspects of publicly attributing cyber incidents and the expansion of who's participating in an upcoming cybersecurity exercise called Cyber Flag 21-1. So quite the laundry list, huh? Wow. I've never heard the word cyber and flag together before. That will be interesting to keep an eye out for or an ear out for. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's quite statement or a series of statements as you just lined up, Tim, it seems pretty unusual for the government to be so uh, blunt, let's say. So what are your your thoughts on that? I must feel pretty confident, huh? It's been relatively rare. For reasons we've talked about here and in our writings over the years, attribution is hard. And because the diplomatic stakes are high, the government doesn't want to cast blame out loud without having extremely high confidence in the attribution. Understandably so. And just out of curiosity, something that came up in the article was the Cyber Unified Coordination Group or the UCG. What what is this and what did this group release regarding attribution? Yeah, so this group was stood up at the very end of the last administration, and it's a joint effort um, by CISA, FBI, the ODNA, uh, ODNI, Office of Director of National Intelligence, and the NSA. And it was in January that they made their statements of attribution of the Solar Winds event, attributing it to Russia. Though at the time, we were still kind of early in the discovery curve, and their statement was a little bit more vague than what you saw in this EO. Generally speaking, 
again, going back to this question, because I'm just so curious to hear how this is being received in the intelligence community. Yeah. So, um, well, the Biden administration is citing its IC rather than trashing them has been the which would was the vogue for a, a few years prior to now. So the agreement really is because it is the IC whose confidence in the SVR attribution is high. Wow. Yeah, that is that is quite the change. And I think I'd like to just end with what is the impact of this executive order of this statement? And is there any concern that it will escalate tensions on the old Internet superhighway for these two countries? Well, you know, so we'll see the usual rounds of posturing and bluster from Russia because they have to do that. Right. So uh, they're never going to say, well, shucks, you caught us. We promise not to do it anymore. Uh, so, yes, it's likely that cyber tensions will remain high and maybe get a little more exciting. But ultimately, as far as anyone can tell, there's a certain level of mutually assured destruction in the cyber realm, just like in the nuclear one. And I don't think we're going to see anything overwhelming. Many folks have pointed out that solar winds was an espionage activity. Espionage is accepted. And while no one likes being spied on, all sides have to acknowledge that it's a thing. Uh, that's a reason, by the way, that a lot of folks who are experts on cybercraft hesitated to call solar winds an attack, uh, calling it an intrusion or incursion instead. But It'll be interesting to see how things develop, for sure. And I think this is a natural place to talk about those hoodie ratings. And again, we've just made this as complicated as possible for ourselves this, this week. We really kind of um, did. So Chad, after hearing, you know, yeah, we really, really did. After hearing about uh, Tim's summary of that, yo, what what would you rate this at? And again, I'll present the hoodie or the goodie option. Yeah, you know. I'm going to come in with a neutral zero on everything again. Zero oodies. Um, just because this is like, it, it, there really is, you know, nothing good or bad. I think this coming out of it, I guess already Russia's responded by expelling some um, of its own uh, diplomats, uh, which was, you know, kind of expected to be happening. Uh, there's also been some interesting uh, things that happened in, um, Oh my goodness, which Scandinavian country? It might have been Sweden. I'm trying to remember where. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but they um ruled in a court that because it was um espionage that they couldn't try anyone for things. Um even though they were able to to point directly at um some folks involved. So, I think it's all very interesting being able to talk about um you know, this APT group as uh you know, definitively linked to SVR is kind of nice. Lots of people have thought that for years. Um, so I guess just all around, there's interesting things that have come out of it, um, but nothing necessarily bad or good. So I'm going to go with a solid neutral. Solid neutral. Tim, would you agree with that? I'm going to play the optimist here and um, say that maybe... I don't know. Maybe, maybe these sanctions will help to some extent. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to, it's hard to predict this. And actually, you know, there could be, there could be some bad things that come out of it. So I, I will, but I'll give it two goodies uh, and I'll stay neutral on the hoodies and uh, you know, let's see how it plays out. Only time will tell. <laughs> Well, thank you two so much, especially for um, bearing with me, no pun intended here, with 
me just calling over the phone to do this with you, but are you ready for two truths and a lie this week? Oh yeah. Well, actually I have no idea if I'm truly ready. (laughs) Well, we'll find out. Um, And just to remind our listeners, this is like the classic two truths and a lie game, but with our own unique twist, rather than talking about ourselves, we instead have one of us each week go through three article titles, two of which are true, one of which is a lie. And uh, Chad and Tim this week will try to be sniffing out my deception. So bear with me. Here are your three articles. This is such a weird twist on Charlie's Angels because the voice over the speakerphone is now deliberately deceiving the angels. (laughs) All right, here we go. Elon Musk shares a video of monkey playing Pong with its mind. Next up, no honor among thieves. Over 600,000 payment cards stolen from cybercrime forum. And finally, some good news. COVID-19 themed attacks decrease. And those are your three articles. Good Lord. Those are tough. Should I go first? Um, I was just I was just optimistic there a second ago. So I'm going to counter that and be pessimistic now. I I want to say that the monkey playing Pong is uh, is false. But, you know, I it just it seems possible. (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, So I'm going to I'm going to be pessimistic and say the covid attacks did not decrease. I am going to go with the monkey playing Pong. Um, mostly just because, yeah, I, I just don't believe in anything Elon Musk. <laughs> well, Tim, you were right to be a pessimist. That is the lie. COVID-themed attacks are actually increasing, unfortunately. Oh. And that is not slowing down anytime soon. Well, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> I I just, I don't know. We're, the dystopia is fully underway. What can I say? Maybe the monkey can use telekinesis to first solve Pong and second solve COVID-themed cyber. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were going to say solve Elon Musk, but I, you know, who knows? Let's be realistic here, Tim. <laughs> and it's sick. Sick, sick, twist of irony. My internet just started working again. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that was going to happen, right? That's true. I think the monkey just solved my internet problem. That's the only thing that makes sense. It's likely. It, it may have been that uh, there was an algorithm that once the monkey reached a certain score, your internet would come back on. Your internet was shut off when the game started. And then uh, when it when it got six points or something, your your internet came back. That's how they get you. Oh, boy. Well, thank you so much, audience, again, for, for bearing with us for this atypical audio situation. We'll be back next week, episode 83, with clear audio, clear, concise audio like we typically have. So thank you again. And remember, don't drink and click. Um, but do get monkeys to learn how to play Pong with their mind. (laughs) What can I say to that? Yeah, obvious. That's about all we have for this week. 
You can find us on Twitter, at DomainTools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.